us more. It's about time because we're going there. Hi friends, welcome back to We're Going There and guess what fam? This is the final episode for season five. I warned you, I said it's gonna be a vibe in season five and I wasn't lying. True to my word, we have discussed topics like how to deal with grief, what does loneliness look like, friendship, how to make friends, how to keep friends. An amazing conversation with Pastor Craig Rochelle on leadership. We spoke about spiritual duality with Stephanie Ike. I mean, we really went there this season. And today we are ending with a bang. I call it a twofer, as in we're going to get two interviews for the cost of one. And if you've been around this podcast for a minute, you know that these podcasts are free 99. You're welcome. Yes, yes. But today I'm very excited because we get to have an interview with who I deem to be an amazing power couple. And they're powerful not because of their social influence, though it's a lot, their social clout, though it's a lot, their amazing opportunities in Hollywood that stretch the globe, though it's a lot. I'm talking about power because of how they love each other, how they love their family, and how they love God. I love seeing two couples that are honoring to each other, that love each other. And I believe that whether you are single or married, we're going to walk away with some powerful principles and how to love well and create power in all relationships. I love their honesty, but the thing that I love the most is the people that they are online or on movies or in music is awesome, but who they are in real life is even better. And I say this because prior to us recording the interview, I actually shared with them that though I'm reacquainted with Alexa recently, we actually met a couple years ago. Let me give you a snippet of that conversation. I was volunteering at Hillsong seating guest one day, and then I got a text message that was just like, you know, you guys were coming in, and I vividly remember how interesting your last name was. And I was like, I've never heard that name. I've never heard, like, I've heard of Pena and I've heard of Vega. I've never heard of Pena Vega, you know, whatever. I'm Vega. Yeah. And so, you guys were so kind. You guys were so sweet. You guys were so like loving and warm and all this other stuff. And I had dealt with people who haven't been that way. So this is a testament to you guys and like me having, Aww. you guys leaving, like leaving an indelible mark on my mind because of your kindness and your just sweetness. And so I think I didn't connect the dots when we were at Jen's house because I only knew you together. I only knew you with Carlos. And so when I yeah. saw you, yeah. I was just like, oh yeah, great. And it was afterwards I was like, oh my God, I seated them at Hillsong and they were so kind. They were so wonderful, Stop so it. sweet. So, so this wild. is, I know, full circle, full circle moment. You might be familiar with a couple of their names, but you might not be familiar with how they combined their last names. We're going to get into that in the interview, but veteran actor and voice actor Carlos is a member of a hugely successful recording and touring group, Big Time Rush. I remember watching them on Nickelodeon and uh, they're actually on tour. So we're going to be interviewing them from their tour bus, which is incredibly fun. Alexis is a working actress, and she's been working since the age of five. She's been in mega popular movies like Spy Kids and has performed on Broadway in Hairspray, as well as ABC's Ruby and the Rockets. The couple's incredible, divinely orchestrated life over the past couple decades is now the perfect time as they share with us on this podcast, as well in their upcoming book, What If Love Is The Point, that released recently. And you can get that at all brick and mortar stores or anywhere that fine books are sold. But I love it because it's a conversation between Carlos and Alexa. And um, this book really is a resource that I'm excited to share. They've been married for over 10 years and they have three children. Uh, we're going to talk about this in a second, but whether they live on a catamaran in Florida or their home in Maui or on a tour bus across the United States, they love each other. With all the buzz that surrounds this amazing couple and all the things that they have on their plate, I'm excited that we get to pause in our day and have a conversation with them. 
So today I get to interview an amazing power couple. I just want to say thank you guys for being on the show and taking time amidst a crazy schedule. So before we even get started, where, where are we doing this interview from? We are parked in Philly outside of a double tree hotel because it's the only <laughs> place that had a, a parking lot big enough for our bus. So you guys are on the road right now, which just We're feels like the a theme for your life. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Our, so our, our life is always on the road. Before we dive into like what you guys are doing today and all the amazing projects, I mean, from musicians to actors to parents to Christians to friends to social media influencers to authors, I mean, you guys are you guys are pretty bad A. Can I say this? I don't know if the podcast is going to allow me to say that. They might bleep me out, but you guys are handling business and I'm totally here for it. I want to know, before we know about like the couple today, I want to know a little bit of the genesis of your love story. So let's talk about that. Inquiring minds want to know, how did you guys meet? Hold on. Hey, can I stop for one second? Yeah. We're not, so you're, you're not, not, not able to record the video. I'm not. So should we just sit with our backs Wait, against the that? wall? Cause my back is going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, Hold I'm going to, I'm going to keep this. This is going to be our introduction. <laughs> we're getting real comfortable today. <laughs> so listen, this is, this is what we were sharing. Look at this. Oh my gosh. No, I love it. Okay. We're, we'll we're, we're right super here. comfortable. This would be a lot nicer. Oh. Okay, go. go for it. I love it. I love it. Okay. How did we meet? So Alexa and I, uh, we, we met at a Bible study. It was my first time going to a Bible study. Alexa had just gone through a divorce. It was her first time going to this Bible study. I was going through a pretty traumatic breakup with a long-term girlfriend that I was trying to get back together with, and that's why I was at the Bible study. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, she walked in and... She had just done this cover, or not cover, but this spread in Rolling Stone where she was pretty uh, revealing, and I, um, <laughs> and I had I've seen it. I've grown a lot since then, okay, guys? I, I had seen it, and then she walked in the door, and I was like, okay, what's up? How's, what, what's popping? And then I pursued her for a, a good chunk of time, but she just wanted to be friends. And after you know, two or three months of persistence-ness, uh, I... I, I scored the prize. Oh my gosh. Okay, so this is hilarious because we started so Christian. We met at a Bible study, but right. she was coming in off of a hot cover and you're coming right. in and trying to save a relationship. It's two Latinos, it's three Latinos on a show and now it's very dramatic. It's a novella. This is how we're starting. This is the level that we're starting at. I love it. Okay, so clearly you guys met at a Bible study, but you said it was your first time. Did you did you mean it was like your first time ever to a Bible study or a first time to that Bible study? It was, it was my first time to that Bible study. Okay. So you guys, I, so I want to know a little bit of like your pre-marriage like life. So you guys are people of faith now, but like that journey to where you guys like met each other. Um, Alexa, you were coming out of like a heartbreak. Carlos, you were coming out of a heartbreak. What was your faith journey like before y'all got together? Crap. It was nothing. <laughs> it was like, like, like I, I went to church because it was like, Oh, I did something bad last week, so I'm 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 okay. going to church, okay. or or like, hey, my friend has a Bible study, and there's this chick that you know you you, you have to meet this chick. Okay, oh I'm gosh. going to this Bible study. That was my faith journey. I love my it. parents, my parents raised us Catholic. I did the whole first communion thing, but okay. it, it was never it, it never meant anything. It was just part of like the okay, you know, you do, do your confirmation, do this, do that, etc. So yeah, Alex, what about you? I, so I grew up kind of in a Christian household. Like my mom really did instill those values in us from a young age. But then as I got older, 
our family kind of like fell apart. So like she stopped going to church. So she didn't take us, but I'd always felt God really pulling on my heart. And I knew there was more to him than this Sunday morning church thing. And I couldn't quite pinpoint it. I just knew that I needed more of him. So I would talk to him a lot. I would try to read the Bible, but the only Bible I had was King James version, which, you know, for like a 12, 13 year old, that's so it's foreign language. It was so hard to understand. Um, but I still like kept at it. And then when I turned 16, I started driving myself to church. Wow. We kind of developed this relationship with God, but that wasn't it. Like, it wasn't like, oh, that's my journey to finding God. I went through all sorts of ups and downs. I went through a failed marriage. I was taking on projects that I would never take now because I was still young in my faith and growing in my faith. But my first Bible study ever was that Bible study. Oh, first ever? Yeah. I mean, I'd say I'd say my first real Bible study, that, that was my wow. first. first yeah. Okay. I, I never so here's the yeah. interesting thing. And so this is like a cultural commentary and also like just pastoral insight is that this is this is a linchpin moment for you guys because you guys could have met, hooked up, and then gone just yeah. in a completely different way. You know, yeah. love would have I mean, bound you, but I like dating culture is just that. Totally, like, you meet, you like hook up, whatever, mm -hmm. and and that's it. You just do your thing, you live your life, and luckily we were both at points in our lives where we were just like that is not fulfilling. Like mm -hmm. that's not filling any void that we have, and. And honestly, that's why I was going to Bible study. I was like, I want to dive in with God. I know there's more. And I I was frustrated with myself for not digging in deeper earlier on. So I was like, this is it. I'm going to start now. And it just so happened to be that my husband was sitting that in that That is room. crazy. So basically what I hear you saying is go to church and you'll find your mate. That, that, that That's the tagline of the show. <laughs> for real, I mean, start diving in. You know. Okay, well, here's the deal. I used to like go to church on Sunday. But, but the truth is when you go to church on Sunday morning, how often are you really talking and making friends right. with people at church? Sometimes, yeah. yes, but where you really get to know people is usually those like home churches yeah. or like the Bible studies, the yeah. like little, what do they call home groups or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And and I would always hear churches talk about it like, hey, join a home group. And I was like, heck no, I'm not joining a home group. I'd like, get me out of here. I'm coming into church. I'm talking to God. And then I don't want to talk to people. I want to get out of there. But then one day it just clicked. I was like, no, we need community. We need to be diving in more. And that if that's what is going to help me dive in more, then I'm, I'm going to do it. And it was like a whole other side of God got unlocked the second I did that. Like I thought I was Christian before, but I was clueless on Christianity until I started like going to Bible study and really learning what the that's word That's beautiful. Said. Okay. So you guys, um, you guys met and started going deeper in faith as individuals and then also as a couple. And at some point, yeah. um, how long did you guys date before? And also I need, I think this bears asking, but like who proposed to whom? In today's day and age, I don't even want to ask anymore. Okay. We're, we're very traditional. Okay. Um, we're very like, I love, I love that Carlos is like the man of the house. I have a great say and I'm a powerful woman in our household, but he's my man and I honor that. And I love that he is like our provider in our household. And I think that's something special that people look as archaic, but I look at it and we just, we love those traditional values. We and it works for you guys. Yeah. No, that's great. So how long did you guys date before Carlos proposed? Seven months. Only seven oh, months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We were, married, we were married within a year of wow. dating. Wow. <laughs> okay. So then, okay. So this is the part that is like interesting for me. Alex, you said that you are like traditional. Um, so I thought like taking on his name would have been like traditional, but this speaks to your, this is an homage to your like independence as well. But I think you guys did something that was so fascinating. You didn't hyphenate your name. 
you guys actually combined your last names. Yeah. Just changed it all together. That sounds so fun. So, I mean, honestly, this is, this is nothing to do with like the interview. It's just me being nosy. Like who, who came up with that idea? And I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I couldn't pull it off because my, my name would have been like, what is Oltoff? It, Joltoff? Joltoff? I don't know. It'd be so bad. So how did you guys come up with Pagan Vinia? It, it kind of just happened. We were at the, at the county office, you know, doing all the paperwork and, they were like, okay, you know, like, what is your name going to be and whatever, whatever. And we, we like looked at it and, I, and you know, we'd been talking about it and I didn't want to get rid of Vega. She didn't want to get rid, you know, like, but we, we had to find a way to do it. So originally it, it was going to be like Henna hyphen Vega. We're like, that's just so lame. Or like Vega hyphen Penna. Like it was, it was just, but, but then we literally get to, it, it, it was in Ventura County. We get there, the guy gives us the paper we stand back and we wrote Pena Vega and I even dropped my, my middle name. I don't even know if this is legal, but I even dropped my, oh, sorry. Not my, not my middle name. My mom's surname. Yeah. Like people, I try to explain that to people and I'm like, no, we do. No, <laughs> yeah, we just have really long. So names. I dropped it and we wrote Carlos Roberto Pena Vega is one word and her Alexa Elise Pena Vega. Wait, how are you saying my middle name? Elise. No. Elise. Wait, what's my middle yes. name, Carlos? <laughs> Elise. <laughs> Elise. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is amazing, guys. Elise. Elise. Oh man. It's been a long day, guys. Oh anyways, anyways. No, I love this. This is amazing. This is marriage. This Elise. is marriage. I've been married for almost 10 years and the man doesn't know my middle name. <laughs> I spelt it, okay? Oh my gosh. Anyway. Oh my gosh. No, this so, is this is amazing. So so we write it down, we send it in, and the guy looked, he's like, oh dope. Gave us the stamp. Once you have the marriage certificate, you you're golden. So, so so then we so then we drove to DNV, we changed our licenses. Then we sent in for new passports, we changed our passports. And once we had those three documents, we sent in and we changed our social security. And oh my I don't even gosh. know I, I don't even know if it's legal, but now we're the Pennavegas. That is, that's hilarious. That right? I, I love, no, I love that story. Honestly, I, but before I even got, really got to know Alexa, like I would tell y'all's story. Cause I, I heard about, like I Googled you guys, this was years ago. And, and I realized like, oh wow, that's such an amazing thing to do. I think it's so honoring of both cultures, both families. It's, it's beautiful. I'm here for it. Well, honestly, the, the true reason why we did it is we both come from kind of kooky families and we thought, how cool would it be to just start fresh? Like, a fresh start. We'll be the Pena Vegas. We're the first ever Pena Vegas, and we'll kind of create our own wow. generation of just like people, like Jesus loving people. <laughs> okay, so so I'm, I'm totally here for this. I love just the progression and journey that you guys have taken, not just as like faith with your faith, but also with your family. So before we dive into like current like life and family and what you guys are doing, you guys got married and yet still were in Hollywood. So what does that look like, not just as a married couple in Hollywood, but as Christians in Hollywood and then Christian married people in Hollywood? Did faith impact roles or decisions from music to movies that kind of made you like think differently? When did you realize that you were cognizant of like your faith having an impact on your life decisions? For sure. I mean, do you want to take this? Okay. I think for us, it impacted us right away. We were both you know, still working. I mean, we still, we're still working now, but um, if you look at the roles we were taking back then versus the roles we're taking now, 
it looks very, very different. And the industry is not set up for marriage. It's not set up for family. And you're that's why you're constantly seeing these celebrities go through these massive breakups or these divorces. It's because most of the time you go, you shoot a movie. It takes anywhere from like one month to six months. And they're away from their families for most of that time. For us, we decided early on that that wasn't going to work for us. One, we just can't stand being apart from each other. But two, if we wanted our marriage to work, the sacrifice would have to be, all right, whose project is more important right now? Wow. And, and if this project, if like your project is more important, then we're all going to go yeah. and be with you on your project. If my project's more important, then yeah. you all come with me. And also financially, I mean, you know, like we're on this beautiful tour bus, but we, we, we had to pay for it. Yeah. And that, you know, essentially comes out of whatever money we make on this tour. So like we had to put our family before anything else. A, yeah. like, wait, anything wait, else. hold on. For everyone listening right now, and even myself, like I think I understand it because I, I understand this world just a glimpse, but you're saying that this bus was an incurred cost by your personal family because you're traveling with, yeah. spoiler alert, y'all's beautiful children, which I mean, selfishly, oh, yeah. I want you to populate the world with all of your, like have more children because they're gorgeous. But, oh, so you guys are underwriting the support of your family by paying for this? Bus? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Wow. I, yes. 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 I. I. <laughs> there's more to that. Well, but of course, yes. everything's layered. But at, at the at the core at of it, you're of fighting day, for family. We decided that you know what, um, the the burden of the cost should go on the people who want to make it happen. So we said, you know what, let's just not talk about it anymore. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll pay for it because it's more important for us to keep our family together yeah. than to have whatever. So yeah, then that's uh, we're and, doing it. And again, like a lot of times, the industry's not set up that way. Like I can't tell you how many times people have said, like, oh, I'd never bring my family with me, and it actually breaks my heart to hear that because I'm like, man, I I don't want to be away from my family yeah. ever. I I love being around them. I love watching my kids grow and enjoying these moments with them. Like. I can't imagine leaving for months at a time and missing these essential years. Like they're only, we have a five-year-old, a two-year-old and a one-year-old. Like they're only going to be this little once. And, and once they grow up, they're grown. That's it. So, so for us, we're like, we're not missing any of that. And we've really just put the emphasis on family. Okay. So I'm going rogue a little bit off of the questions that I prepared because I didn't, I didn't even know kind of like what it's costing you guys, not even financially, but even from a work perspective. So uh, I, I really love seeing too. I honestly, I think that this is the f- moving forward. This is the future of marriage. It's the future of relationships where usually one spouse has to die to self so that one other spouse could succeed. And what you guys are really yeah. fighting for is this mutuality, which is so beautiful. And I think when we d- define power couples, that's what we're seeing. It's two people that are supporting each other. The question that people don't talk about is what's hard about that. So when you guys evaluate, like, when do you go on the tour to go with Carlos? And when are you guys on the boat? And we'll talk about that in a second. And then when are you guys traveling for movies? Or like, what's the vetting process for you guys? And how do you support each other? And what's, I want to know the hard, because we can talk about like how we're supporting each other. And that sounds awesome. But also what's like the suck? Well, the hard is, I mean, we are both very different people. We operate differently. I have a much easier time like sitting back and being a cheerleader, that's actually really hard for Carlos. Like, And I remember there was actually a point in our marriage where this is why I tell people marriage is so important. We're in a, we're in a time right now where, you know, marriage isn't really looked at as this beautiful, holy thing. It's almost looked at as like this, like death sentence when it's not, it's, it's incredible. 
Um, but there was a time in our marriage early on where we were just getting hit left and right. And Carlos was working on this show from H-E double hockey sticks and it was just <laughs> the worst. And had we not been married, we would have broken up because it was just such mm. a hard time in our life. And again, like what you said was sometimes you do feel like you're dying to, dying to yourself. And I remember I was up for this huge movie and Carlos was working and I really, really wanted it. It was like this movie with J-Lo. And obviously, ultimately, at the end of the day, I was like, God, whatever you want. But I want it so badly. Um, but I remember at the time, Carlos was just like, no, I don't want you to have it. I don't want to be here alone. I can't be here Well, not alone. even that. Not like, even that. Like, it just, it in my eyes, it didn't seem worth it. For her, creatively, it was worth it. Right. For me, I was like, I hear you, but we're stuck in this situation right now. Now, if you, if, you know, if you were going to tell me, listen, I'm going to be gone for six weeks. I'm going to make an absorbent amount of money. It's going to be awesome. I'll come back and we'll just, have, I'd be like, okay, well, maybe. no, maybe. like yeah. it just, it didn't seem worth it. I was like, why are we going to split our, our family, family up for Now, did you guys have that- kids at the time or is it just you two? That we had ocean. We had ocean. Have ocean. Okay. So that was, that was like the first real big kind of battle that we had to go through. And ultimately I didn't end up getting the job, which is honestly such a blessing because it would have been really hard to turn down. It would have been hard to be like, okay, just kidding. I can't actually do this movie. So I feel like God really covered us at that during that time. But it's just little things like that where we've Mm -hmm. had to really grow and learn in our marriage and go like, all right, what are we willing to do? And at the end of the day, for us, the most important thing is keeping our family together because there is just so much temptation in this industry. There's so much like they're ready for you to fall at any moment. And they're like setting you up to fail constantly. And when we're together, we're just, we're that safety net. We just hold each other accountable. So I would say the tough is figuring out what is the most important because there are times where like that, for instance, like Carlos was working, but I was really frustrated because I, I wanted to be working. Um, but that was just our scenario and, and that's okay. It's not going to be easy all the time. You will have frustrations. That's just, that's life. That's marriage, but you really do find a balance and you can work through it. It just takes a lot of communication and effort from both sides. Listen, I was already torn when you said J-Lo because I would have been like, where's my ticket? (laughs) I'll take Ocean, strap him to my back. I'm gone. (laughs) (laughs) The Lord fixed it. Jesus fixed it. (laughs) God, you knew what we needed. You know what? And I'm just going to speak. I'm going to speak. Lord, open up more doors with J-Lo in the future and better opportunities. (laughs) So Carlos is going to be like, actually take that job. (laughs) That's the one. That's the one. No, for sure. I do have one more question on this. You guys are both very creative and we're going to talk about this new project that you guys are releasing, which I'm very, very excited about. I usually get my copy in advance and I didn't get it in advance yet, but when it's, it should. Don't worry. We don't we, even have a We copy. haven't either. We like did no. a couple interviews and these other interviewers had the book and in my head, I'm like, we don't even have a book. Yeah, I, have I was book. like, come on, come on, publisher. Come on, come on, FedEx. Make this happen. You know what? In their defense, we have been in like, a new city every single day. So lit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You guys have a crazy life. I want to talk about that, but um, what if love is a point is by the time this podcast is released, it, the book's going to be out. And so we're going to tell people where to get it, but, and it's not just books, but you guys are also just very creative people. What is ideating as a couple look like? What is dreaming and processing? What's the vetting process? Carlos, you had mentioned, like, I just didn't feel like it was worth it. So what, when you guys discuss like creative projects and what's worth it, how do you guys do that together? 
Well, uh, first and foremost, we have to think about if it's going to work schedule-wise for the family. Okay. I think that comes before anything, before, you know, money, before whatever. It's like, it's like does this work schedule-wise for the family? Because for me, mm-hmm. like Alexa will go to Vancouver and sit in a sit in a hotel for six weeks with three kids while I film a movie. I won't do that. <laughs> I will die. <laughs> I I'm working on him. <laughs> no, hold on. I will go, okay, cool. If we're gonna do this, maybe instead of a hotel, can we get a house and can yeah. we maybe find a nanny to do part-time so that yeah. I, like I really do struggle dying to self in that situation. I love uh, your honesty. Oh, That's good. I mean, That's beautiful. Yeah. I think a lot of dads would be like, three kids, six weeks, 24 hours a day. No, thank you. <laughs> we will die. But again. I just want to make sure that it's going to work for everybody. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, vice versa, you know, Alexa wants to make sure, Hey, listen, if, if I go, like, I, I still want to get my workouts in. I said, okay, yeah. great. So if we made this happen, what are the things that need to happen? Okay. We got to find a nanny. Okay. We you know, have to get a car rental. We got to do this. So I think that we just have to, I, I love planning things out like mm-hmm. on a, on a like front end to like, you know, like a, like a book. Yeah. So that's first and foremost, that's the hardest part is being like, can we make this happen where everybody is happy? Yeah. And then secondly. But secondly. Secondly, I think, you know. <laughs> I'm like, you tell me. I don't know where you're going with this. It. That's no, I love it. it. And I actually think like that's this is the perfect segue because I do want to talk about your family life is you guys have three beautiful kids that we have mentioned. But then you guys made a decision to move your kids out of L.A. Yeah. And I want to know, like, clearly that comes at a sacrifice because both of you guys are in the entertainment industry. This was a decision that was made clearly by both of you guys. But you decided to move your family where and why? So we uprooted our family from Los Angeles to Maui, Hawaii. And in all honesty, I felt like God was calling us to go. But truth be told, Carlos was really excited. I was not. I, I knew that it was important for our family, but I really did love LA. And it took me a long time to kind of really sink into Hawaii because at the time, I like my career was starting to really take off again. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of things happening. And I just felt this pull like we had to get out of LA. Carlos was having a lot of frustrations career wise. Like he was really annoyed and getting rejected left and right with like projects. And mm. he'd get so close and then they'd be like, oh, they went with the other guy. And then one more project, he'd get so close and then they went with the other guy. That it was like really starting to have a negative impact on our family. And to me, what made the most sense, especially as a young family, a young, a young marriage, um, was let's go and build a foundation and sink our roots in somewhere. Because in LA, it's really hard to sink your roots. It is. I think LA offers a lot of opportunity, but the people who show up to California, they're hungry. They're hungry and they're ready to work. And we were we were a family that wanted to set roots and have a community. And that, that could be really difficult in Los Angeles. Yeah. I'm not saying it's impossible, but for us, we just felt the calling that it was time to go. So we uprooted and moved to Hawaii. And it's honestly the best decision that we could have ever made. Because we then took the next five years to really build our foundation out there and set roots that now we do feel like we have a place to go back home to. No matter how many days we're on the road for or no matter what we're doing, we get to go back home and just relax and regroup. 
So how's it been for the kids? So both of their parents are in the entertainment industry, and yet you have like this uh, duality, this bifurcation of like this glitzy glam Hollywood life and then like island vibes in Maui. (laughs) What does that look like for them? And then also, I think also the spiritual component from like if you're growing roots and that sort of stuff, what does like uh, a spiritual community look like for the kids and kind of like adaptation for them being so young in island life? I mean, for us, we just didn't, we knew what it was like. I had siblings that were all raised in LA. I grew up between Florida and Los Angeles, but mainly in Los Angeles. And it was such a different time when we were growing up. We didn't have social media. We didn't have all that crap that just kept you so occupied in screens. Like we were outside, we were fishing every day. We were playing in fields and we wanted that lifestyle for our kids. Like I wanted them to run around naked outside throwing mud at each other. (laughs) And now that's kind of hard to do in these, in these cities. So when we uprooted and gave them that life, like these are outdoor kids. So when we're stuck in the city somewhere, like they feel it. They're just like, get me outside. I was born to be outside, but it's fun because we're able to travel the world with them. And culturally they're just learning so much. Um, But I would say like as far as spiritually, all we can do is be consistent in our walk with God. Like we pray out loud. We all pray together as a family. I think the biggest thing, if like you're a parent out there and you're listening, like the best testimony you can give your kid is like how you treat your spouse Mm. (laughs) to represent like the kingdom because that's how they're going to learn about relationships is through you at home. Like other people and other kids at school, like sure, they're, they're, you know, being molded every, everywhere by the world, but that's why it's so important that at home you really show them what it looks like to live in a in harmony in a happy marriage in a in a kingdom heart at home so much of your marriage is like it oozes out of you guys and i love that it's just a very real picture of marriage it's not like this you know instagrammed filtered saccharine perfect uh it's just it's just real and so the title of the book Uh, What if love is the point? Tell me about like how that title started and then what kind of started the idea of like, hey, let's write a book. Well, when when, uh, this is like seven, eight years ago, uh, we had just gotten married. We bought a house together. We were going through a lot of crap. We we talk about in the book. The house was just a nightmare, but a blessing at the same time. And we wrote a one page document called What's the Point? What's the point of marriage? What's the point of of life? What's the point of this? What's the point of that? With the intention of one day, hopefully writing a book. And we never really pursued it. But throughout the years, people would ask us, hey, have you you ever thought of writing a book? We're like, actually, yeah, I have this one page doc. Yeah, send it over. So we would send it. They'd be like, this is great. Nothing ever happened. And we never really ever forced it. And one day, two years ago, my uh, best friend, John, he was like, hey, there's this guy that I work with, Stan Jantz. He's written a lot of books. He works with a lot of publishers. I would love to connect you guys. You know, like, like you know, have you guys do a Zoom? I was like, yeah, sure. It's COVID, whatever. Let's just Zoom. <laughs> so we Zoom and he's like, John says, you know, y- y'all are interested in, in uh, you know, writing a book. And I was like, I guess. I mean, here's our, here's our one page. And he, and he like, you know, sent me an email back and said, I love it. Let's, let's, you know, have another Zoom. So we have another Zoom and he starts asking us all these questions about the book and this and ideas. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are we doing this? Like what is happening right now? So we kind of just like. Well, he kind of prepped us because he was explaining what the book writing process is like. We knew nothing about writing books. We just. Oh, it's birthing a child, y'all. Yeah, Seriously, I'm working on my third one right now. It's it's birthing a child. Well, amazing. Congratulations. 
but but Thank yeah, you. like you literally are just like, what on earth? And like, yeah. it what we had on the one sheet was kind of word vomit, which is who we are as people. That's just like we just let it all out. And what he was kind of saying was like you know, having a little bit more direction for your book or maybe focusing in on just marriage or focusing in on just testimonies, you know, just kind of really like, like a parent would like really guiding us. But he's, he's just another writer. He wasn't a publisher. He's just letting us in on some secrets. So then then like another year goes by and we're just like, you know, we're eight, eight, nine years into this thing. And we're like, okay, well, God, like if, if it's supposed to happen, it happens. And Rand- Wait a minute, wait, eight or nine years into marriage or the book writing process? Um, oh, no, no, oh, no. Oh, I'm just... sorry. Hold on, hold on. We're nine years into marriage and then- uh, Eight years. Currently, eight years into the book God, process. Okay, great. So then jump to about a year ago. So se- so seven years into the book thing. Our friend Jefferson Bethke, who's a who's an author yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. He lives on Maui. He wrote me and said, hey, yeah. my publisher, Jenny- just sent me an email and wants to connect with you guys. I guess she saw a video of, of, of like Lex talking about her, her like eating disorder back in the day. And she was really touched by it and would love to chat with you guys. And I was like, dope. Okay. Let's, let's chat. So, so we have a zoom with her, we're, you know, we're talking and she's like, have you guys ever thought of a writing book? And I'm like, funny you say that I have this one sheet and we <sighs> had tweaked it a little bit since chatting with Stan. And we sent it to her, and within a week, she was like, "We want to offer you guys a book deal." And we're like, "This is crazy!" And, and so then, and then, funny enough, I was like, "Before we do this, I was like, I also have a children's book idea." And they were like, "Well, pitch it to me." So, so I pitched them this children's book idea. So we did literally a children's book and our book. It was just so wild that we never forced anything, and God literally just the the timing and he, he put the right people in our lives. And it was just like, also we needed, boom. we needed all those testimonies that we have on the book. Like yeah. had we written that book that first year of marriage, yeah, it would have been just so yep. different. Well, and, and, <laughs> and the now. publisher loved what's the point, but they were like, we need something more. So then they tossed out a couple other ones that I didn't really vibe with, but it ended up being, what if love is the point? Oh yeah. Cause our one sheet was called, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah. No, I love the title. I love the vision of the book. I'm so excited. So for those that are single, for those that are married, for those that are uh, dating, um, what are some of the biggest learnings that you guys have had over the course of your marriage that are either in the book or not in the book, but you want to share as like some key learnings Uh that you guys have had over almost a decade? Something that we've done wrong that we've really worked on is people pleasing and not just people pleasing other people because that's bad enough. We're in a, we're in a industry. We're actors. That's what we do. Like we're people pleasers, but that's not what we're supposed to do. But I realized that we were both doing it a lot in our marriage and that people pleasingness in our marriage caused us to tiptoe around one, one another a lot. Mm. And it was actually causing way more division than it was if we were just communicating a hundred percent our needs. And it just sounds like such a cliche thing saying like communication, but it really, it it comes down to communication, being a hundred percent honest. I have such a hard time talking about my wants and needs just because I've always felt like it's a really selfish thing. I was kind of raised to not talk about things that you want and need. So now that I'm in this healthy marriage where my husband wants to hear what I want, my husband wants to hear the things that I like, it was really difficult for me to communicate that for a while, but I feel like we've come so far and it's taken years to get to this place. But I feel like we're in a, 
we're in a good, healthy place when it comes to that. So I would say communication is super important. And that actually, in a, in a marriage, that actually is super important when it comes even to like intimacy in marriage. A lot mm-hmm. of times yeah. as Christians, that's something that we don't talk about at all because it's like, don't have sex until you're married. Don't have sex until you're married. And all of a sudden you get married and it's like, make sure you please your husband. Make sure you please your yeah. husband. And it can be really confusing. It's scary. And and it kind of takes the like excitement out of what the intimacy is supposed to be. There's this amazing podcast called Heaven in Your Home by a woman named Francie Winslow that is so good and it's all about intimacy and marriage that I highly suggest. It's it's been okay. I'm gonna link to it in the show notes so that if someone wants more information, they can just go to the show notes and Please. click click it. So that's Heaven in Your Home. Yes, Heaven in Your Home podcast um, with Francie Winslow. But seriously, guys, like when I think of an awesome, happy marriage, it's like great intimacy. You want that great communication. Um, but most of all, you both have to have that God, at, like God at the center. You both have to have a godly centered marriage because we're both, it doesn't matter how chaotic our lives are. We're both fighting for the same thing. So we're both running in the same direction. So all the chaos can be happening around us, but we're both running towards God. I love that. I love that. Carlos, any thoughts, any wisdom, any learnings that you've had over the last decade of knowing, loving, and living with your beautiful wife? <laughs> what do you got to say, babe? Learned a lot. <laughs> you know, Alexa has really taught me to have patience with people. I, I don't really have a lot of patience with people. You're Hispanic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, We're Hispanic. And, es- and especially people who, who don't, who aren't believers. Like, I really have, mm. I, 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 I really struggle. I'm just like. I actually disagree. I actually think you have more patience with people who aren't believers. It's the people who are believers that you're like. Why are you acting this way? You know better. Well, I, <laughs> you know? I mean, yes, yes. But I mean, just like in general, yes, you know what? You, you, you're probably right. But just in general, I just have to have more patience with people because there are a lot of lost and broken people out there that just need grace. Maybe just need grace and, and, yeah. and uh, sorry, need grace and maybe just, you know, some prayer. And that's, you know. <laughs> out of curiosity, are you guys familiar with Enneagram? Yeah. Yes. Okay, Carlos, what's your Enneagram number? Are you an eight he's or a one, three? He's a one-wing. Oh, one. One-wing two. Oh, I could see that. Okay, Alexa, do you know your Enneagram number? I'm a nine-wing eight, yeah. which doesn't really make sense because the eights are so – but I guess the eight is like my Hispanic side coming out. <laughs> <laughs> the challenger, the challenger. Oh, my gosh. No, that's actually a really good – combination. You guys literally are a power couple. We're, look at we're ending where we started, y'all. We're ending where we started. A one and a nine. That is a really good combination. The beautiful thing is when you meet somebody and you see that they're better when you have a conversation with them versus what you see online. And I just want to say thank you guys for being amazing and kind and gracious. I'm wishing you all the best, whether you're on a boat, on a bus, in Maui, in LA, on a movie set, on a stage. Whatever you guys are up to, I'm praying God's blessings over you, over your children, and over the impact, the little seeds of faith that you're sowing just by your comportment and your behavior, your words, the life that you're speaking. Thank you for being a light in a very dark industry, and I can't wait to see what God does with this book. Bianca, that encouragement. Thank you so much. Well, the invitation stands. Anytime you guys are in Orange County, you have mi casa su casa. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm playing in Irvine. <gasps> oh my God, I live in Irvine. You're at Five Points? Uh, You're at five points. You have to be at five points. Oh my God. Like literally, literally the parking lot for five points is so close to my house. I should probably not say this on the podcast. I don't care. Whatever. Uh, You tell me when I'm going. Oh my gosh. I thought it was charging that whole time. 
She's gonna look it up right now. Schedule. Oh my god! I literally am gonna go see you. August is Irv. No, Irving, Texas. Hold on. I've been to Irving before. Irvine's way better than Irvine. Yeah, five Five points. August eleventh. August eleventh. Is it five points? Yep. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You guys, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be a fangirl. I don't even care. I'm gonna write you. I'm gonna write you so we can That is so funny. You guys, I am this was like such a fun interview. Thank you guys for your time. I so appreciate you guys. Oh, thanks for letting Seriously. us just crash and have our back on a oh, no. on the on yeah, the headboard. Guys. I love it. <laughs> Friends, clearly you can tell that I have no chill and I was very excited to do the interview. I hope that you are walking away, not just from this interview, but from this season knowing that I love you. I have very, very, very low boundaries and I will invite myself to your tour bus or home anytime soon. This season has been a gift for me to produce. I'm so grateful for the team uh, who's made this season possible. Shout out to producer Madi and Meg in Hawaii and Hannah in London and Vanessa in Florida. You make this my joy to produce content and share it with the world. For everyone who listens, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for sharing online. Uh, Sometimes podcasting might feel a little bit lonely because you're talking into space and thinking, does this even matter? I just want to say I appreciate you. Thank you for your time. I said it was a vibe in season five, but there is something new in season six. I cannot wait for it to release. And because I love you so much, there's some bonus episodes that are coming down the pipeway. But as always, if this podcast has given you resources, hope, excitement, or you're just excited to share with your friends, family and loved ones the content that is on this podcast will you consider sharing and also tagging our guest carlos and alexa and as always i love giving away resources so five lucky winners who share this podcast and tag at bianca oltoff and our guest will be able to win a copy of their newest book that hit shelves just last week i'm honored i'm excited i can't make carlos's concert on august 11th but if you're in the orange county or la area guess what they're here at five points in irvine and i did not get paid for that ad that's just free because i like them as people and i hope that you can enjoy the concert if I can't. But friends, I love you. I'm so grateful we get to do this podcast together. As always, you can subscribe on Access More or wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss one episode. I'm grateful. Thank you. Love you. And I'll catch you next season.